Hello and welcome to Plot Triss. Hi, this is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're going to be talking about The Chance by Robin Carr. This was published in 2014 and this was actually chosen by Lane because the main character is named Lane. Lane. So I am, um, this is the fourth book in the Thunderpoint series. I was actually on a plane to Florida, I think, three or four years ago, and I saw a woman reading it, and I, you know, said, I'm sorry to interrupt, I know this is strange, but is the main character's name actually Lane? Because my name is Lane. It is not short for anything, it is not a nickname, and I don't, I've only ever met one other person with my name, so I thought it was really cool, and I was definitely one of those kids mm-hmm. who was always resentful when, like, they had the keychains with the names on them. Oh, sure, yeah. Because I could never find mine. So I was like, well, there's a book about somebody with my name. I definitely need to read it. And I was mortally offended, I think, <laughs> is okay. the correct term. Okay, so before we start talking about what, what happens or doesn't happen in the book, um, I'll read the book jacket. Yes. <clears throat> so this is, this is what the chance is about. With its breathtaking vistas and down-to-earth people, Thunderpoint is the perfect place for FBI agent Lane Carrington to recuperate from a gunshot wound and contemplate her future. The locals embraced Lane as one of their own after she risked her life to save a young girl from a dangerous cult. Knowing her wounds go beyond the physical, Lane hopes she'll fit in for a while and find her true self in a town that feels safe. She may even learn to open her heart to others, something an undercover agent has little time to indulge. Eric Gentry, Gentry is also new to Thunderpoint. Although he's a man with a dark past, he's determined to put down roots and get to know the daughter he only recently discovered. When Lane and Eric meet, their attraction is obvious to everyone. But while the law enforcement agent and the reformed criminal want to make things work, their differences may run too deep unless they take a chance on each other and find that deep and mysterious bond that belongs to those who choose love over fear. Yeah. Well, the summary is more interesting than the book, and it alludes to the conflict that we thought would be the conflict in yeah. the book, and in fact isn't. Yeah, and although I will say that the this book jacket is written similarly to the book, we've got their differences may run too deep, but then they find a deep and mysterious bond. Like, it's just very... Um, Bad. Yeah, repetitive. <clears throat> yeah. The other thing that's interesting is I would say 35 to 40% of the book is actually a completely unrelated B-plot. Oh, yeah, complete, like completely unrelated. With completely different characters. Like, the two main characters are barely, yeah. tertiarily related yeah. to the conflict. And so I think it's interesting that there's absolutely no mention of what is, you know, a significant portion of the book at all on the yeah. jacket. yeah. So, all right, so as usual, we did uh, some brief summaries of the book based on our random number generation. The number we generated today was seven, which is good because I don't know how much we could have written about the book. So, so my summary is ex-con and FBI agent meet cute, but boring. Mine is a grievous insult to my name, cars. Yeah, so, so, so this is, I mean, it's actually really hard to describe this book because not like I feel like not much really happens in it and I think that's my biggest issue it's my biggest issue with the book and you were saying you read on her website that the point of this series was to show people in real life situations right so these this whole Thunderpoint series is it's supposed to be these contemporary romance novels with realistic problems with people dealing with life but falling in love and that idea does not, on the surface, offend me. Like, it's not a problem for me to, to see that. If I saw more of, like, 
how they fell in love and, and things like that. You know, like, the, but that, you don't see that in this book at all. Like, I'm not kidding. In the first, by the second chapter, the two characters have seen each other for like across a crowded room and like immediately fallen for each other. But like, not in a love at first sight kind of way, just the, a lust at first sight kind of way. Like, they each think the other one is like really hot. Mm -hmm. And then. They circle around each other for a week or two, which is which is like in a paragraph. Um, and then she asks him on a date, and then she asks him on a second date. After which they, she takes him home, and they have sex, and then they're basically together. After that, she asks him to move in together. I think like, like after the first immediately, very soon after they meet, very soon after they sleep together, she's like, "Why don't you just move in?" And of course, it's very convenient that he moved to town, but he happens to just be living in the hotel nearby. So he's like, "Eh, hey, you know," I, he didn't have a serious place yet, so like it was very, it was a very easy transition for him to move move in with her. Right. Uh yeah. So so let's let's talk a little bit about these characters because the setup. I really. I really want to. I really want to emphasize that it's not the setting or the characters that was the problem in this book. No, I will say that we discussed earlier. Part of what I really like about romance novels is the degree to which they are an escape, mm -hmm. and whether that's because of the fantastic situation they're in or the you know star-crossedness of the love story. There is nothing about that this at all that is escapist on any level, and yeah. even. The, the book jacket seems to allude to it. I mean, she's an FBI agent. She has this job that would be othering in a lot of books, but that really barely comes into play except mm -hmm. as an extension of her PTSD. Right. And so even where there seems to be, like, an opportunity for an interesting plot point, it's never taken. Yeah. And so you end up... Like, this book covers abusive parents and foster systems mm -hmm. and Alzheimer's and a lot of serious real-life topics that take away I, I don't read these books to be confronted with parts of my own issues like yeah. I read these books because I want to read about two people having fun together and falling well, in love and for all that this book doesn't have a whole lot of plot other than their love story like Meg was saying their love story actually isn't given much text right and I, I think I, I don't I really don't think that I would be against a book where the conflict is that her that her parent her father gets Alzheimer's and she has to go care for him like I'm not even I'm not kidding like I have seen novels where the issue is she doesn't want she doesn't feel like she can leave her family because she's taking care of them right and that's not that part is not the issue it's the way that it's written and described and yeah it doesn't it doesn't seem like it actually is really much of an issue like it's kind of sad but that's it you know it's what I mean? just a downer like really, it, there's nothing in there that makes my well. It's a downer, but it also doesn't it doesn't hit me where it hurts. Like there have been books where I've read and I'm like, "Ow!" Like, "Oh my gosh, what a horrible situation! How terrible for them! This is awful!" I didn't feel that way for these people. No, it's ultimately not that big of a conflict. But more than that, it's they don't work together to come through it. Like no. I, I'm not saying that this relationship is bad or problematic in any way, but it's it it's nothing that resonated with me or. Like, to me, a romance novel, if the situation is going to be glum, I need the love story to really step up. To really up. shine, yeah. And it just doesn't here. Yeah, well, so let's let's talk about them really quickly, because this is, this, I felt like this was setting up for something that could be kind of a fun 
enjoyable conflict, in my opinion. Yes. So, Lane Carrington is an FBI agent. She's recuperating this town, but what she's st- she hasn't resigned from the FBI, so she's still an FBI agent. Not only that, she comes from, like, the richest family on the East Coast. Of doctors. They're all doctors, and her father's unhappy because she's an FBI agent. She didn't become a doctor. Um, but, like, I, I at, the, at least at the beginning, I didn't think that that was going to be a huge part of the plot. Right. Um, so, anyway, she's this rich woman, like, rich girl who grew up horseback riding and sailing and doing karate and stuff like that. And then she gets into the FBI, and then she does undercover work. And she's, like, very high-achieving. Um, very privileged. Very privileged. But down to earth at the same time. You know, of course. Of course. Uh, so, she could have been the sympathetic character. Okay. That's lame. And then Eric, who also has not seen as Gentry, which... I don't know. I just am not in love with that last name. To and let's be let's be fair here. I have read novels where the last name is Gentry that I liked, um, and it was kind of it was in there for a reason. Right. Um, no, I mean I don't think there's a reason unless she's being way, not that I saw way more subtle than I'm giving her credit for. So, okay. So Eric is a small town mechanic who, uh, when he was eighteen, was arrested for armed robbery even though okay and here so here's a trope the trope is the bad boy who's not really that bad of a boy okay he was the getaway driver yeah and he he, and he didn't even know that he was taking part in armed robbery because his friends were all 21 and over so he was staying in the car while they went in the liquor store to buy some beer and then they came out and he was like okay i'll drive you you know let's drive home and have a party and then they got pulled over from the cops he didn't like resist arrest he like pulled over i mean it's this i mean i maybe it would i don't know i don't know enough about the criminal justice system to say like yes, definitely this could happen, or no, this could. So he does five years for just, being an unknowing accomplice to armed robbery right. as the getaway driver. Yes, yeah. Um, who, who, yeah. And oh, not only that. So this is this book by now is like ten years after that, ten years, maybe even fifteen years later, because um, he's not on. He was on parole also for like five years or something. Mm-hmm. And he's kept his nose clean the whole time, and he's built this successful business, and not only that... I think it's supposed to be, like, 17 years later. Okay. 15, 17, whatever. Yeah. You know... Well, I'm going on the age of the daughter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a... We'll get into that, too. But, um, he... And, okay, so, ever since he got out of jail, he has written a thank you note to the judge who put him away Mm -hmm. for, you know... Get him, getting him back on the straight and narrow and, and getting him to do right in his life. So this, this is the kind of bad boy that we've got in the novel. Like the bad, the bad boy slash cinnamon bun. Like he's not a bad boy at all. No, but beyond the ex-con history, he's from, as Meg mentioned, a small town. His parents were never particularly um, wealthy yeah. You know, he's definitely from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, he's from the wrong side of the tracks. And so, like, like literally, this wouldn't be a bad setup. Like, even if even if we keep the whole, like, he's not that bad of a bad boy, mm-hmm. and he's, like, done everything right, even if we keep that in there, which I is a little ridiculous in my opinion, but even if we keep it in there, we could have had a conflict where she really loves her job as an FBI agent, and then they, the agency is the one that has an issue with her taking up with the next con. You know or you I could mean? have even had the class conflict as uh-huh. a bigger deal. Um, you could have had 
the case that she just worked on that she's recuperating from come back into the picture? Mm-hmm. You know, is it really over? Is she really not working right now? Yeah. There's, there are a lot of things that could have happened, but like, and I'm keeping it like real simple. Like, let's say we really want to do like real life. Well, I think the FBI would have an issue with someone marrying an ex-con, mm-hmm. you know? And so maybe she's got to make a decision between her career and, and the man she loves, or maybe she's, you know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Like that would have been more of a conflict than, than, than what we got. So spoiler alert. Yeah. Pausing for a significant moment in case anybody cares. Um, the conflict ends up being that her dad has secret Alzheimer's and she has to go spend like two weeks in Boston with him. It's more, it's a month, but she thinks it's going to be two weeks and then it gets longer. But yeah, that, that, that is the conflict is she. And they are talking the whole time on the phone. Yeah. There is no like struggle in their relationship. Oh no, 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 Lane. Don't you remember the worst part about this long, oh, and FYI guys, I was in a long distance relationship for like three years. I'm not kidding, and we're now married, mm-hmm. so I know what it takes to be in a long-distance relationship, and literally, every time I read it, I was just rolling my eyes, like, we did, we would chat online, and we would do one phone call a week, a week, that's what I could afford when I was in college, one long-distance phone call a week, and they're, like, every single hour of every single moment, and then they're, like, have the sads because they can't have phone sex. Yes. Like, I'm not kidding you, and I was, like, have they heard of sexting? Emails. I mean, this was written in 2014, so it's they had they, they had, had text options. Messages. They text each other, right? And he's like, "Yeah, but when I wake up, she's already been awake, so she doesn't want sexy times. And then when she goes to bed, I'm still at work, so we can't do sexy times." And like, I'm not even they're kidding. on opposite coasts, so it's like a three-hour <laughs> three time difference. Three it's hours. not. It's pretty ridiculous. Pretty ridiculous. And mind you, and she's only gone a month taking care of her incredibly ill father. Yeah, like, and then there's this MacGuffin at the end where she goes back to Thunder Point and she goes back to their house, but he moved out of the house in the meantime because he was just so sad that she wasn't there and he would go home and, like, be depressed that she wasn't at home, so he moved back into the hotel. And then she goes back. She doesn't tell anyone, of course, that she's going back, so she goes back, goes in the house, and he's moved out. And then she goes to the the hotel to find him, and she's like, there's going to be some slut in this room. Spoiler alert, there's no slut in the room. And if you're wondering if there's, this is the end of the book, yep. That, that, that is the end. There's no her, epilogue. Her realizing there's no girl in his room, and then them admitting that they are really into each other and both have the intention of staying together in Thunderpoint. Mm-hmm. That's your resolution, people. That's it. That's the end of the book. Okay, but we can't finish talking about that the chance without talking about Mick, short for... Michael, Michael, Michelle, I don't know how to pronounce it, it's M-I-C-H-E-L, which, so I'm a, I speak French, so to me, I'm like, oh yeah, Michelle, and I'm like, but wait, he's from like, what, Omaha or something? Yeah. (laughs) And, um, his name's Al, he goes by Mick because of his last name, and that is mentioned. Every single time, okay, he doesn't go by Mick anymore. He used to go to Mick when he was a young man, and whenever he talks about his past, he goes, yeah, they called me Mick back then, short for Michael. Or Michael, whatever. Literally, Mick, short for Michael, is said three, at least three times in this book. Yep. I was like, I got it the first time. Like, Even really though it's it not relevant time. to the plot at all, the not characters who call him that never really appear except on like one, one phone, call phone call and a reflection. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that was... It wasn't like we got a phone call. It wasn't like they got a phone call and they were like, where's Mick? And they're like, Mick, I don't know who that is. I'm all, I'm, I, they used to call me Mick, short for Mickle, you know? It literally is never relevant to the plot at all. Not, not once. But it's mentioned. 
At least three times. At least three times. So that's the B plot. We've got Al, who's this older, like, dude in his 60s. Who works as a mechanic for Eric. Yes. And has on and off over the last couple of years, no matter where yeah. Eric lived. So, so Al's a drifter, and it's all because of this terrible, horrible thing that happened in his past, which I'm not minimizing because it was a terrible, horrible thing. His, his child, um, his baby died of crib, crib death at three months old, which is very, very sad, and I can only imagine how awful I would feel if that happened. Right, but it happened 40 years ago? 37, because the baby would have been, he would have been 37 that summer. Great. So, about 40 years ago. Yeah. And it affected him so much that when he finally starts forming these close relationships in town, like he's got this this good woman that he loves, and these three young kids he wants to take care of, and like maybe adopt as a foster parent... Then, like, he is, he think he's formed the relationships already. He's like, well, I better get out of town. So he leaves. Yep. Yeah. And uh-huh. pages and pages are devoted to his relationship with Rayanne. Rayanne, And yeah. his relationship with the brothers whose mother have MS, and so she's getting committed. Brothers yeah. whose mother has MS, so she's getting put in a home, and they need to stay together. And then, of course, the foster parents, they find her abusive. Mm-hmm. It's... It's a significant portion of the book. It's a lot of the book. It ha- really, truly, it has no effect on the, the main relationship, except for the fact that it turns out that Eric is kind of a jerk. Because Eric, there's one part where Eric is like, well, I guess I could be a foster parent and have the boys live with me, but that's not what I want out of my life. I want to be with Lane and have my, our own kids. Yep. Like, he's, he thinks that these, these kids are teenagers. Like, they're 16. They're going to be out of the house in four years. Yep. And they're like good kids too like they go to school and they like do good homework you know so like I was like really really you really want to help him out but you're not gonna anyway whatever I was that part I was like Eric you're kind of a jerk there it's there's a lot of like like leave that sentence out that's all I have to say Robin if you ever go back and re-edit this book take that sentence out yes I didn't like it (laughs) okay wait another part I'm sorry so speaking of edits this book really needed an editor. Someone could have caught the Mick short from Michael, Mickle, whatever the heck his name is. Could have caught that she said it three times in the whole dang book. Okay, three times. This book, like at least a third of it is set in the garage. And she spelled breaks, B-R-E-A-K-S, like the waves are breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, at least twice. And then she switched it back, then it was breaks. So, I mean, I can't blame Robin Carr too much, but, like, I do blame her editor for that. Should have caught it. Um, so yep. That was an issue. <laughs> the All of the dialogue is just terrible. Um, this drove me crazy. And most of what I'm about to quote came from one scene. Yeah. So... He comes up to her, and she, in, like, the diner, and she's, you know, trying to flirt with him and getting him to pay attention to her, so she tries to talk to him about her car, and she says, I heard you have a great reputation for cosmetic work, but how are you under the hood? And his internal reaction is, he raises his eyebrows, it was a great double entendre. And I was like, is it, I was like, did I miss something? Like, what is the double entendre here? Like, it's so clunky and obvious, and mm-hmm. they make... And Robin Carr is trying so hard to convince you it's clever. Yeah, And yeah. insightful, and, like, unique. Um, and it would have been it would have been so much cuter if he was, like... Like, that was pretty dorky, but at least she's trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it could be awkwardly cute, you know? And if she thought, oh, dang, that was 
was trying to come up with a good one and I couldn't or so I don't know yeah like, there was just so much well and then the next thing he thinks to himself oh, God, she yes. refers to her car as a, a female she like says I want to bring her into you or something and he says only a collector of classics could appreciate an owner who had given her car a gender and possibly a name there was no mention of naming the car yeah no um also isn't it really normal to refer to cars as he or she or like jokingly I, give them names like it's not I ubiquitous do it. but it's like not uh, uncommon let's be fair he did say only a collector of classics could appreciate an owner who did that which is true because i hate it when people give their friend <laughs> so maybe that part is true maybe this is really only for collectors who do that I don't know, maybe Lane's like, no, I, I gave my car a name. No, not, but a, a bunch <laughs> of my friends in high school did, and they were jokes, and they were funny. Yeah. Um, but then at one point, he thinks, bugger off. Yes, I was like, I was like, where's Robin Carr? Where is Robin Carr from? I have no idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check. But I've never met an American who said that. No, me At least neither. not an American who hadn't done a semester abroad in London and came back thinking they were really important. She was born in the United States, apparently. Um, so... No, no, did not spend significant, like, formative years in, in England. So I don't know why she said, I don't know why Bukharov was in there. But it was at least twice, and, like, two different people said it. Yeah, it was very strange. It's especially not Midwestern, yeah. like, oh, no. rural, born and red. Oh, like, no. Bukharov would be... Like, okay, maybe her dad would say it as a pretentious doctor, I guess. Maybe. But even then, like, pretentious doctor, he probably wouldn't cuss. Right. But I don't know. I don't know. And then my other least favorite thing, God. So his ex-girlfriend was a computer programmer, and there's a lot of conversations about how she, like, picked her work and thereby her computer mm-hmm. over him. Mm-hmm. And Lane, recovering from shoulder surgery, is currently working remotely. And they have so many conversations about glued to computers and computers that show a complete lack of knowledge of technology. Yeah. And also, like, conversations people wouldn't have. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't use computer as a euphemism for abandonment. You'd talk about, like, my girlfriend was so obsessed with her job. Yeah. Not my girlfriend was so obsessed with her computer. Let's talk about her computer yeah. over and over again. Yeah. That was, that was pretty weird. Um, and even Lane, like, later on in the book, rather than saying, I need to do some research, she says, I need computer time. I need computer time. And just, no one talks like this. Yeah. So... Uh, then there's the, the other issues. So, so the, the actual conflict in the relationship turns out to be that her father has Alzheimer's. Okay. Yeah. So that said, there's another MacGuffin in the beginning where, so first of all, she finds out that he's an ex-con, but she gets over that pretty quickly. Then she finds out that he never told her that he had Reverse. She finds daughter. about the kid first. Oh. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. She finds out... But the, but the, she never has a problem with him being an ex-con. Like, that's not a problem to her. No. Like, she's like, oh, well, you did your time. Great. Which, to me, seems, like, pretty unusual for a, for a law enforcement agent. Like, I feel like they're, they are more likely to be like, oh, once a con, always a con. But, anyway, I mean, I'm I totally talking about my ass because, like, do I know many law enforcement agents? No. Do I know that many ex-cons? Not that many. You know. And uh, I just feel like it would have been more of an issue than it was. But right. the big issue was that he has a daughter, a grown daughter. She's like 18, 17 or 18. Um, she's going to college next year. And he didn't tell her about it on, on the first date. Right. I mean, let's be fair. Would you, I don't think that I would necessarily, no. as an adult that had a 20-year-old, like talk about them on the 
my first date with someone I had never met before. And in fairness, she only finds out before you can tell herself because the daughter is the waitress in the diner and yeah. tells her in passing like it's not a big deal. So it's the yeah. only reason she like knows. Yeah. But to me, the problem wasn't this because it ultimately ended up being not much of a conflict. Yeah, he I didn't care if he's, if he's got a daughter, whatever. What I hated, and it's this thing I've talked about a couple of times on the podcast. I absolutely hate it when you're in someone's head and they think around an issue. Yeah. Like he's talking to her mother and thinking about their shared history. And, like, all these really dramatic yeah. thoughts. In, in the very beginning. Although you do find out pretty quickly. You do, but it's four chapters of annoying me, so <laughs> I'm counting it. Yeah, but it, it's, uh, it's, I just think it, it, it was treated as though it was going to be a bigger conflict than it was. And it doesn't bother me that it wasn't a big issue, but it was annoying that she thought it was this big deal. Right. So that, um, yeah, I mean, basically... Okay, I think, we, I think we've talked about the book. Sex. How, how sexy was this book? Not very. It was n- not very sexy. There was, I think, like one sex scene. Yep. That happened pretty early in the book. Second date. Yep. And then they talked about how sex was good. But it, it's all off camera from that point yeah, forward. It's all, right? Yeah, not, it's no longer on the page after that. So if you're looking for... If you're like, well, I can handle the rest of the book if the sex is hot, it's not. Um, really, I think you have to get through, like, chapter five and you're yeah. done with the sex. And then Al and Rayanne have sex, but, again, total always off page. And also, like, they're not the main characters. Why are they getting so much attention? Anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, that's, I really have nothing to say about the, the sex. Like, I, I truly don't have much to say about it because it's, it nope. is, there's not much of it. It's not there. Okay, offensiveness. Uh, uh, there, there is nothing offensive about the book except for the fact that this book exists and is an offense to romance novels. Other than that, like there's, you're, there's nothing. There's no trigger warning I can give you. There's no. There was rape. There, there's no rape. There's no. There's. I mean, there's some child abuse. There's some child abuse, and there's an allusion to what went on in the cult she busted. Yeah. Which, but like. It was a cult she busted. Those people do not play a part in this yeah. novel other than through well, her own reflection. And not only that, like, she it literally, when she thinks about it's it, she was... It's very explicit it was not rape. It, it was explicit that it wasn't rape. She didn't want to have sex with him, so she didn't, and he respected... I'm sorry, now I'm talking about the, the cult leader. I'm not talking about Eric. Although I'm sure Eric also would have respected her wishes. But I'm, I was also laughing at, like, this dangerous drug cartel oh, cult with and, seducing young women, but no rape. Wait, but and but not only and not only that. So this is again, this is like bad boy, but not that bad. Like the whole every baddie in this book is not all that bad. This this big drug cartel, they're growing marijuana. Yeah, it's not like a. They're not like making heroin. They're they are not. like abduct, abducting young women. Or right. like And I'm not saying they're not bad, but I am saying that I thought it was kind of funny that this was like they had the a, darkest they had thing a Robin Carr could imagine. Right, right. Yeah. They had a marijuana farm, and I was like, I mean. Like, yeah, it's against the law, but when I think of, like, dangerous criminals, I don't necessarily go straight to... Pot. Pot, yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially in a state where it's legal. Correct. Well, it wasn't then, 2014. Yeah, but it was, I mean, pretty close to being legal. Yeah. This is, um, where is this, Oregon, Seattle? It's either Oregon or Washington where it is legal now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I was most offended by the fact that my name was dragged through the mud. (laughs) If any, I'm dead serious, if any of our dear listeners know of a book with a main character named Lane that isn't a trash fire. Even if it is, a, like, if you know any book 
where the main character is Lane send it to us because we're gonna want to check it out anyway but especially yeah. if it's not a trash fire I know one of my best friends her name is Allison read a romance novel a contempt about uh, someone named Lane I mean somebody named Allison falling in love with someone who had a horrible ex-wife named Lane yeah. So she was like, so she was texting me a lot of the updates, like, "Well, Allison is a wonderful person, and Lane is trash. So what does this book say about us?" <laughs> but uh, so basically, do we recommend this book? No, but I am gonna end on like the the reading rainbow. You don't have to take our word for it. If this sounds like some, if you've been looking for a for a pleasant book that talks about everyday life and is not gonna like offend your and you're not bothered by poor editing. Yeah. And you just want, want a book that'll, that'll take you four weeks to read and put you to sleep. Go for the chance. Yeah. It, you'll get that out of it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, we can be reached at plottress at gmail.com and on Instagram at plottress. And we'll be back soon. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you later.